When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So this is a special part of me and my dad's story that I hold very dear to my heart. Um, that he's not just my dad, but he chose me. Yeah. He decided that this little girl is special and I'm going to be her father. And not only am I going to be her father, but I remember going to the courthouse and his name is now on my birth certificate, even though it was not originally. So he made it a point to adopt me. And in the eyes of everyone in the world, he's my dad. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now... Here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast. This is typically a safe space where men have vulnerable conversations about the fatherhood journey. As the last two episodes have indicated, we're in a five-part series about the woman's perspective on fatherhood. I've had a couple of great guests to date. Tonight, I have by far the most beautiful guests I've had the most important guest I've had to date. Welcome to the Dear Son Podcast, Lakeisha Wilson-Johns, my wife. Listen, y'all, I'm clutching my pearls. Thank you, accolades. What do you mean you clutching your pearls? <laughs> clutching my pearls. Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to say thank you for inviting me into your safe space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it feel? So, oh, let me, let me back up. For the audience, mm-hmm. we have... My wife and I have a podcast, Healthy Marriage is Dope. We have tough conversations. Generally, we have some fun conversations as well. But tonight, the spotlight is really on you. How do you feel about that? I'm a little anxious. I ain't going to hold you. Like, a little bit nervous, but I'm excited to share. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, we talk about fatherhood. Yeah. That's what, that's, what, uh, that's what this podcast is about. Um, not just fatherhood, but parenthood. Mm-hmm. For those that are first, you know, this is your first time coming in contact with my content. The Dear Son Podcast is really about curating those conversations that anybody would want their son to have on their way to manhood, when they become a man, and ultimately when they become the man that other men and boys look to, admire, and respect. So that's what we're doing on this podcast. We're going to talk uh, to my wife on this episode about her fatherhood journey, because everybody has one. Um, some things that I'm sure will will be enlightening for me because we haven't talked about it in great detail. But uh, let's get into it. Let's, let's get right into it. Let's talk about let's talk about the dynamics of your family growing up. 
two-parent household, how many siblings you had. You've seen the show. Right. Let's, the let's show. get into that. Okay, so I do come from a two-parent household, which is an interesting sh- story, and I'll share that. But my father was, or um, well, was a teacher, um, and my mother was a cashier at Costco. And so we came from humble beginnings. I have a younger brother and a younger sister, so I'm the oldest of three in our house and um a little way along the way when I turned eight my father became a minister and so he was my pastor growing up as well Mm. so that presented its own you know set of not challenges but experiences yeah 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 what are some of the uh what are some of your fondest memories of of your childhood specifically with your father um because of dad's background as a teacher, he tried to make things fun for us. So I remember one summer we went across the water. For those of you who are familiar, we are in Virginia. So in the Smithfield area, which is like the country, y'all, like the country country. And he got a wild hair about this ghost book and all of the haunted places in Virginia. So for the summer break, we literally tried to visit all of the different places in this book. And there was a place <laughs> that allegedly the military, you can still hear the ghosts or something in the woods. So my father, in his infinite wisdom, drove us into those woods and turned off the car. And that was... We just waited. Lights out, was it at night or in the daytime? It was like, you know, in the afternoon time or whatever. Just, you know, testing our boundaries, yeah. testing... Giving us something else to think about, something fun to do. We went to a place called Binge Church where supposedly a lady had uh, passed in the snow and her bloody handprint showed up, you know, on a rock. (laughs) It was crazy. Like dad did. We would get on the ferry and get ice cream. Like he was very big on experiences and, you know, giving us little fun things to do. So those type of summers were really fun for us. Talk about the... uh... The past part, I have some insight on that. Okay. Tell me about what it was to be a PK. Um, because I was so young, I w- Eden's age, our uh, third daughter is eight. So at her age, that's when dad stepped into the pulpit. So I feel like that's kind of all I knew. You know, I had memories before that, um, but that became like the major part of our life at that time. So. I mean, do you remember something specific happening around that time that that pushed them to the pulpit, or was it was it something? I mean, I know it was early early age for you. But yeah, do you I don't recall remember. why he jumped into it. I don't remember. I feel like he just. I mean, my father was an army officer um, prior to him and mom getting married, so I know he's had like life experience and he's done things. So yeah. I'm sure he just decided. And dad is. I don't know if you know this, but dad is big on like making a decision, like. I'm going to stop smoking tomorrow. I don't smoke no more. Like, so he made a decision to follow Christ and that was it. Yeah. That's all we knew. What was your, what was your role or how did your life change in terms of, did you have to do anything in the church because he became a pastor? And what was that transition like? Do you remember? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. See, I did it first. You get five. Absolutely. The night of his ordination, I had to sing as an eight-year-old, my first solo in front of the whole entire church. And that was the beginning of me realizing that I had a gift or that I had a talent. And that was kind of my contribution before dad would preach. Most times I would sing prior to that. So you sing, huh? <laughs> oh, do you? I sing. Do you sing? Did you enjoy it or did you feel like um, it was forced? Sometimes, you know, moms, you can, moms are quick to sign you up to do things, you know? Um, But I appreciated it because I was quiet at times. I was shy at times. And it forced me to be more of who I truly am. And I definitely appreciate that. Like them pushing me out to the forefront, them seeing something special in me and helping to foster that at a young age was amazing. How did your uh, how did your parents meet? Okay, they went to high school together. <laughs> Fun fact. 
but they didn't date or anything like that. Um, they were friends. Dad, like, was a drummer. Mom was, like, you know, a cute girl with the afro. And I believe they just uh, caught up again later in life. Um, after they did meet up again, I was already in existence. Mm. So this is a special part of me and my dad's story that I hold very dear to my heart. Um, that he's not just my dad, but he chose me. Yeah. He decided that this little girl is special and I'm going to be her father. And not only am I going to be her father, but I remember going to the courthouse and his name is now on my birth certificate, even though it was not originally. So he made it a point to adopt me. And in the eyes of everyone in the world, he's my dad. What age, what age was this? I had to be like two. And you remember going to the courthouse? I remember because they asked me questions. Mm. Like, if I wanted him to be my dad and what kind of things we did. Like, things you should not remember. I was discussing this with my mom the other day. Like, I can remember being three at my grandma's house. And, you know, I have a ton of aunts and uncles. Like, them dressing me up and getting me ready and throwing me in the car and taking me everywhere with them. Like, you're not supposed to remember those kind of things. I remember all these kind of things from back in the day. And I definitely remember him choosing me. Yeah. Do, do you remember anything before that, or is that kind of where your your memory starts? Mm, I don't know if I can remember. I'm sure I have flashes of things yeah. that I remember, but I definitely remember. He returned a convertible car because I said it was too hot. <laughs> Wait, he bought like this red convertible I believe it was red and he was so excited you know and I was in the back seat and we were driving around and he was so excited and I was just like dad it's it's hot the car is too hot and he returned the car what age was this probably around four like the same before Thomas was born it was just me Thomas is your brother. My Thomas brother. is four years younger than, than you. Me. Then you have Chantal, who is ten, ten years. years younger than you. What was it like being the big sister, the older sister? I felt like second mom, like probably most oldest daughters yeah. feel. Um, I felt an intense responsibility to take care of my siblings, even if my parents didn't ask. Yeah. Um, I felt like I had to have it together even though I really didn't most of the time, but I just felt that, especially when Sean was born, like, this is my baby, you know? Yeah. I got to take care of her. I got to do her. I got to make sure somebody's watching her over the weekend. No, I can't go. I can't do this. I have my sister to take care of. And that was no pressure from my parents. It was just something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Or felt I needed to do. Talk about your dad choosing you, and I get that. For a very specific reason, and we'll get to why I understand what that looks like. What did it mean to you growing up um, for him to choose you? And did you ever at any point in your life have... I don't want to... Not concerns, but just... um, Did you ever wonder why your biological father wasn't around? Oh, definitely way into adulthood. Um, I'm sure there's a story behind why my mom and my biological father didn't work out that, you know, they felt they were keeping me safe from. I'm definitely okay with that. Um, So today you still don't 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 really know the whole story? No, I don't. I definitely don't really know the whole story. How did it impact you? I want to get to how, how you feel about it today. Um, but while you were growing up, that's what I was going with the question, is while you were growing up, did you feel like you were lacking in any capacity with the situation that that that, that uh, you were part of? I shouldn't say situation, with your family dynamics as it was when you were growing up. Did you feel like you were missing anything, any part of you was lacking? No. And my dad did, my, both of my parents did a great job of not making me feel different. Um, making me feel special. Like dad made it a point to show me how I was supposed to be treated, what it looked like to be, you know, 
taken care of well. He gave me the real deal, Holyfield, on life and what it was going to be like to be an adult. He made sure to do the, you know, tell tell me the whole, girl, you you were born with two strikes against this. You're black and you're a woman. This is what you need to do to survive in the world. This is going to, this is what it looks like when somebody's trying to play you. Like he was very real with me. He didn't treat me with kid gloves, but he also loved me. Like dad was the type of person to, or is, um, but in that time too, to tell you to your face, I love you. Here's this, here's this bouquet of flowers and here's why I'm giving it to you Mm. and go down the list of why you're special and what you've done just to reinforce that you are wanted and you are needed. And I know that he wanted me to take that into, you know, my adulthood or whatever. So it's important to me. I feel like we had a discussion about our love languages and I feel like I'm, that has helped to build up why words of affirmation are so important to me because I received it my whole life growing up from my father. Yeah. What do you know about his his story, like his his parents and his his dad, his relationship? We share um, an adoption story. Hmm. So um, my father was adopted by family members. So, you know, he knows his family and things like that, but... Um, the story of his biological mother and things like that. Um, he grew up in another home, two amazing parents who are our grandparents, and they did an amazing job with him. Um, so we do share a part of being in a family who chose us. And so I'm sure that played a big part in how he treated me growing up as well. Do you know what age he was when he was adopted? Over a what baby. Age it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did he, did he, um, do you know if he ever searched for his father? Um, I know that he did ancestry and he purchased a kid for me too as well. But, um, that's how we found out that dad is majority Native American and things like that. So he's been searching for his lineage and trying to figure out even in his sixties, what makes him him. Yeah. And I admire him for that journey as well. What's your relationship with your dad like today? Um, I'm kind of like the mom. Because <laughs> parent to parents is hard. Um, but their mom and dad are, are getting older. And just like I felt the need to parent my siblings, mm-hmm. I feel the need to fill in that space with my parents too. And I'm sure they don't need it. Um. But I, I feel like that is my space with me um, being in the pharmacy for the amount of time that I was. Like, I'm the person that they turn to for right. health reasons and things like that. Sorry. So um, I do feel like I play a major part in their living into older age. Okay. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of pressure do you feel with that responsibility? Great question. I don't know if it's pressure. Or do you feel it's a responsibility? Um, I feel it's um, a responsibility that I want to do. I don't feel like it's a responsibility that's being heaped on me. Yeah. I feel excited for the opportunity to take care of my parents and to help them. Like that makes me, for them to be able to come here is very exciting for me to yeah. just spend time with them as much time as I can with them is the whole goal for me at this point. Yeah. What, um, so I'm trying to ignore the things that I think are the answer. Okay. From what I've seen in, in this next line of, uh, of conversation. Okay. From what I've seen, mm-hmm. well, what parts of your father show up most frequently? What characteristics show up most frequently in you on a day-to-day basis? I have never actually thought about that. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I would like to know what you, like, put you in that situation to answer. What do you think? What do you see of dad in me? Um, for the most part, you don't, 
Like things don't rattle you. The things that I think will rattle you don't rattle you. And sometimes, sometimes that's a challenge for me because I think it means that we don't care the same about something, but I know you do. It's just the way that you, the way that you process stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And from what I can see from him, he does it. He's a very kind of go with the flow. It's not as bad as it seems kind of individual. Um, But do you think that's, do you see that in you? Did you see that in him? I definitely saw it in dad. Dad was a whistler, a hummer, a drummer, like beating his hands on the uh, steering wheels he was driving. There was nothing that we could not do together. Mm. And that was a motto in our family. We got each other. There's nothing we can't do together. Yeah. And I live like that. There's nothing we can't do. Right. Nothing we can't face together. Right. Your family is, uh, your family in general is way more open about certain topics than what I'm used to. Yeah. How much of that is is your father's doing it? How did that help? Or how did it impact you growing up? It's definitely dad. Um, I think mom and dad grew up a little bit different. Mom grew up in West Virginia and then moved to Virginia. So they had the very country south ideals and stuff. Um, Dad's parents were from New York and then they moved down to Virginia. Um, And like I said, dad went to the the military. He was exposed to different types of things. He was at Ohio State. He was exposed to a bunch of different types of ways of looking at things. And a lot of times mom would be the hard one and dad would explain things in a different way that I could understand and digest. Um, He made it feel like I felt safe sharing things with dad. Not that I didn't feel safe sharing things with mom, but there are definitely things that I knew. Let me tell dad first before I even, you know, bring it to mom. He, yeah, he absorbs information and gives information differently than, than people do. How does that, how does that impact the way you see our relationship? Like in terms of conversations we have when it comes to discipline, if your dad was the more reserved one and your mom was the more, uh, not, not, uh, was she more of a disciplinary? She was or? definitely a disciplinarian. Dad would give us a whole dissertation, like, and I would, be in tears just yeah. from him sitting me down to talk to me Yeah. versus like he didn't have to, you know. Yeah. So how does that frame what you expect from me as a father to our children? I, I don't know what to expect from you. I know that we're trying to figure out at the same time how to parent all these five different personalities and you aren't necessarily a talker anyway. So I find that I'm, I'm more like mom, like, we're going to talk about it. I can get very emotional and very loud sometimes. I'm definitely trying to pull that back and become more like dad. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know I have big feelings, too. And I don't know how you act. I know that it's a little bit different for the boys than for the girls. And What do you see? um, You're definitely a little bit tougher on the boys. Mm And I feel like with the girls, disciplining them, a positive relationship with them for you and a positive relationship with them for me, I don't know if they are, they hold the same weight. You know what I mean? Like for me, okay, you can be mad at me. I can be the worst person in the world, but you're going to hear what I'm going to say right now, you know? And I feel like you maybe, or you said, you know, I saw how things were in the past when me and my mom were going through some things and I don't want that for you, which is, I understand as well. So I'm doing my, I'm doing my best to find the balance between reservedness and firmness. How much of your father's opinion shaped, um, shaped your social life, your, your dating life and ultimately your decisions about marriage? Oh yeah. A lot. All of the things. That's here. All of the things. Dad was great with, like I said, giving me the realty. All these guys want is one thing. Don't give them the one thing. I never wanted to disappoint them, number one, because that was major for me, disappointing my parents. 
that was like shot to the heart. So I always tried to do my best to make them proud. Um, I never wanted to be the girl that everybody had in school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like most girls, I was a flirt and I talked to a whole bunch of different people, but there's not very many that could say they had a close relationship with me in that way. So that definitely instilled that in me. Um, he just gave me all kinds of lessons about life, things that I can't even quantify, like give you the, the weight of them. Like I know that most dads love their daughters, right? Mm -hmm. Even my relationship with dad and Sean's relationship with dad is completely different. Like dad really wanted to protect me and prepare me for the world. Like that was his main goal. I want you to be successful. The sky's the limit for you. Like he was always putting positive things into me, telling me that I was worthy of wonderful things and telling me, you know, that I was special and things like that. So that shaped how I moved mm -hmm. growing up. Um, it was definitely a stricter household than a lot of people's households. So when I left for the military, I did go a little, a little left. Went crazy. A little, went a little left for a little while. Um, but his voice and mom's voice are the voices that I hear when I'm making decisions, even to this day. Well, how, did it shape, uh, how did it shape your decision to be with me? I saw a lot of the characteristics in you that I knew that would make a good husband. And I had made a decision at that point, like, I'm serious about life and I want someone who else, who else, someone else, someone who else, yeah. <laughs> someone yeah. else who is serious about life yeah. as well. And you were, you had a house, you were gardening <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was like, this man gardens? I yes. Like, I've been old for a long time. <laughs> 42 now, but I've been old. Give I've been me this. Because I, I was not for the streets. I don't, even when I was for the streets, I oh, really, I was I really for want the streets, for the But even when I was, was for, for the, streets, the streets, I really want for the streets for real. Mm. Right. Do you think, um, do you think I was too serious at any point or early on? Too serious? No. Um, trying to live up to what it's supposed to look like, yes. Does that make sense? Well, no, I'm trying to, not that it doesn't make sense, but I'm trying to follow. Like, there's nothing wrong with being, Imani is serious to this day. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. She got <laughs> I know, there's she nothing got, wrong with being serious. That That's honest. great. But I feel like there were points where you were trying to be the thing mm. and you weren't being you. Yeah. I think that's a, that's definitely something that I've learned from you that it's okay to be yourself. Uh, and I didn't like I'm learning who I am over the last few years. And I like it. I've had a persona, I guess. It's yeah. not that I wasn't being real. It was it was I wasn't as open to feeling and and communicating in general, but let alone things that uh, of a vulnerable nature, right? So that's mm -hmm. why I think. This um this podcast journey has helped me a lot. Even before this, when we started having our conversations, uh, I definitely you you gonna be you, and that's how it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> and it's never a problem for you, and that's great. What do you? What is important in how I parent our daughters, and specifically our oldest, because that theme. Permeated our relationship. Yeah. Permeated, is that a good word? Permeated. Yeah, permeated. permeated. It, it influenced I mean, it, our right. it, It's a common theme in our relationship, too, where yeah. we had an instant family. And I've never heard a step in your family, in your no. immediate family. Um, mm -hmm. I've never heard it in my family. And that's not how I looked at, uh, at honor coming into my life. I had no idea what to do, but I was very grateful for it. What were some of the things that you were either guarded about bringing me into her life early on um, and over time? Like, what, what are the things that have been your concerns with 
how I parent her or how I show up for her uh, because of, again, it's Cyclical, your dad experienced it, right? you experienced it, um, and now you're, you're, you have a child that's experiencing it. Uh, initially, I was very afraid that I was going to hurt both or one of you. And I was very, do you remember like when she started talking and she would call you dad, mm-hmm. dad? And I was like, I didn't know how to navigate that. Like, yes, you are filling that role. I don't want to negate the fact that this person is still present at this time yeah. too, you know? Um, and I had not experienced that. I had never, I don't know anything about my dad. So I didn't know what that looked like, like yeah. having a relationship in a previous relationship. Um I knew that as she grew older, she listens to you different than she listens to me. Mm-hmm. So as far as parenting, I think my expectation is for you to be open with her. And I think that helps her a lot when she sees someone who has had experience or can share some way that she can understand. Um, I know it's also hard for her to disappoint us as well even though she deals with it in a different way I think it's just different parenting a child who um came from a a, a separate relationship it's yeah. just different in general my parents never made me feel different but I was different I felt different um when I would make a mistake and it's kind of like honor I would feel like that mistake held more weight and I was ruining their perfect family why? Mm-hmm. Did you say why? Yeah. Why? I I don't know why. I mm-hmm. just it. That's just how I felt. Like if I wasn't, if I wasn't here, they would be fine. If I didn't make this mistake, they would be fine. Which is why I can understand some of what she's going through. I ain't gonna give her like the whole road, but I can give her a little curb every now and then. What was it like to navigate? Um... The relationship with her biological father because we and i mean to be clear there's no static oh yeah it has been if there was anything it hasn't been a problem for Years. the majority of her life for yeah. sure but i mean last 10 12 at least 18 now yeah uh we we had some immature energy early on that yeah. was just men trying to take up space uh but what was it like for you because i it it got challenging for me the way that you were navigating it and I didn't have the benefit or give you the benefit of it being new to you. Like right. you were trying to figure it out and I was I was expecting you to make some decisions, some calls and turn some things off like um that that that's just not how it how it played out. Right. Like what was what was the experience like for you trying to navigate um allowing, ensuring that she had access, her her biological father had access, and that relationship wasn't shut off. And also, like, where it fit in with me, um, how was that for you? It was hard all the way around because somebody was going to be in a way, no matter what I did. Yeah. But I had to think, first and foremost, I don't want Honor to be traumatized. I don't want her growing up wondering what her dad looks like. I don't want her looking in the mirror like I do, trying to figure out where do I come from. And so that put me in a position to, okay, I'll take it. Whatever this looks like for whatever the amount of time is, she's worth it. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. I did hurt you at some point. I'm sure I wasn't the best person for him, you know, to him as well. But Number one in every situation, I'm going to make sure Honor was taken care of and she got what she needed from all the people that she needed to get it from. Yeah. Um, it was it, it was definitely hard being pulled in all the different directions. And I was young in my 20s, like active duty, like trying to be a soldier, trying to not get in trouble, trying to be a mom, trying to be a girlfriend, trying to be, you know... Not the typical baby mama. Like, I never wanted to have that type of energy around her either. So, it was just, it was pretty hard. But I put myself in that position. So, like I said, I was willing to take whatever, whatever this looks like, this Mm -hmm. is what it's going to be. I feel like you, um, 
feel like you let some things go from my perspective that didn't really hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, <laughs> didn't really hold him accountable not to rehash, you know, old stuff. Right. But what was it about? Was that intentional or was that, um, was it just an overwhelming thing where you didn't want to deal with it? Uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of stories, not your story, where you know, there's a bitter aspect. There's a there's a, a making life hard for somebody that didn't um, treat you the way you want to be treated ultimately or, or didn't work out, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. What was, were those conscious decisions or was that more young, not wanting to deal with everything that came with the situation? What, what was, like, why did you let some stuff go? Some things I let go because, like I said, I have big feelings and I know that would not have been, like, me me digging into that and reacting and behaving based on what I was feeling. That mm-hmm. would not have been beneficial for her. And also, she deserved more. And I didn't want to have to beg anybody for anything or ask anybody for anything. She didn't need it from them. It was, it would have been nice. And I didn't want her to start off her life like that. Like people tossing stuff at her because they had to. I didn't want any parts of that. And I didn't feel like I wanted her life to start off that way either. Yeah. So. You said you didn't want to, um, you didn't want her to feel like you feel or you felt looking in the mirror where you. Wondering where you came from. Mm -hmm. What was that part of, number one, is it still, is that still a thing today? No, I would like to know our family history just based on health and genetics. Um, But this man has had his, another family for 41 years, you know, it's not, um, I'm sure he has a family. Okay. You know, I'm assuming. No, I'm just. Information came to you. No, I'm just assuming that yeah. you know he has his own family. I'm not sure if he's alive or mm. no longer with us. Um, I'm not sure if I have siblings or how many. Um, but I would like to know what challenges their family had, so that I know what to look forward to with my kids. When did um? When do you do you recall when that that longing subsided? Like where, or was it ever something that you you felt more passionately about before than you do today in terms of Mm -hmm. who that person is? Once I left for the military and I was alone Mm -hmm. with myself for extended periods of time, I definitely was like asking my aunts, what's his name? And all this kind of stuff. I, I found out his name and found out he was in Florida when I was stationed in Florida and I thought about going to find him and ultimately I decided against it Um, because I had a man who chose to love me Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter and nothing mattered. He loved me and I didn't need that anymore. Yeah. um... And rejection. Let's insert that. Okay. All right. Insert, insert rejection here. Next layer down. Right. What what is I hate rejection too. Uh, fun fact, I think a lot of men hate rejection. I've said it before, I think that's kryptonite uh for a man to be rejected. Mm-hmm. How does that how does how does the um how was the fear of rejection? Number one, do you, do you think in other areas of your life you've had a fear of rejection that stemmed from that? Mm, yes. I'm going to say yes. I, mean, I haven't really delved deep. Like in my self-discovery, that hasn't even been a part of it. I'm sure it should be. Um, but I haven't attached any. I felt like it was dangerous for me to attach any type of weight to figuring that out. Because um, it didn't have anything to do with how I was raised or who I am today as a person. I mean, it would be nice to know. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it has done to me. Therapy, a therapist could probably tell me. (laughs) 
Yeah, which this is not. <laughs> this is case, not In case anybody had that oh misconception, I don't know how you would, but um. I mean, rejection is. I felt. I'm sure it has something to do with rejection in relationships. You yeah. know, like in our relationship, I don't want to feel like I won't approach some things, and I feel like that may be a part of why I'm like a duck and I let stuff roll off my back because if I allow myself to feel and feel that rejection, it may take me somewhere that I don't want to be. I'm all about the good vibes. Were there any concerns with, um, from your perspective, with me and Honor's dad? Throughout, I mean, throughout this. Yeah. Okay. I feel like y'all did a good job of trying to, you, you know, be cool. Good job. Co- you know what I mean? you doing a good job, okay, but okay. not that word. Okay. Um, of being like, I mean, y'all didn't have any beef. I mean, we did have a little beef. I remember Imani's birthday. That was a whole thing where y'all had to drive. You know, Thomas drove in the snow to get on her. Hmm. That was like the one. I feel like I had taken on so much. I had gone out of my way in so many different areas, so many different ways. Like that was the last straw for me. And that reaction, I remember your mom saying um, she shouldn't have to feel like, like she shouldn't have to be going through this. And I had been holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. And me yelling on the phone is never something that I would ever want to do again. Like, that was it for me. Like, that was the last for me. That was the, uh, I think it's the same, it had to be the same incident because when we met up, he was with his dad in honor. And him and I stepped to the side and had a, conversation as men it was probably just it was the start of the maturing of us um because the problem for me and i don't know if other men that can relate that are the guy that stepped in is when you're trying to protect the harmony and the peace in your house anything that's challenging that becomes the enemy yeah um, or the threat and it has to be addressed and he and i had that conversation and it wasn't a tough guy conversation i was like you know when you and her have an issue, that impacts the house. That's my issue. And then, you know, he was saying that you and him just didn't communicate well. Right. That was the that was a challenge. He was like, hey, can I just can I can I talk to her through you sometimes? I said, absolutely. Right. And for me, it clicked that it wasn't about this being a negative situation for the sake of being negative. You had to do something different. Yeah. Right. And Y'all, y'all had to do some maturing separately. in parallel and separately, um, very separately. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, it didn't become like I don't. I don't think it was necessarily toxic. There's some things that, like I said, some things that that were let go. But I don't think she's ever lacked for anything, and it's not. It's not mm-hmm. an attack on on him, but just giving perspective that it can be that it can be positive. Right. Even if the scenario doesn't necessarily um, start that way or present, it, present itself that way at all times. What's the most important thing to you about my relationship with Honor today? The most important thing is that speak. I ain't no punk. What? <laughs> what is happening? They gonna be on you. They gonna be on you. <laughs> Why? You supposed to be able to feel your feelings, right? I am, but I don't be feeling my feelings. The most important thing is that y'all have each other, because where me and her are not able to communicate or you know see eye to eye, I feel like it's important for for me and for her to know that you are a safe space for her. And I think you've been a safe space. Well, I know you've been a safe space for her her whole entire life. Like, you're her biggest cheerleader. When I'm being the tough one, you're the one that's saying, no, nah, give her give her a little space. Give her a little freedom. I feel like that's important for me, definitely. And I know it's important for her. Like, she looks up to you. Like, you're her, you're her dad. That's Even though yeah. she has a dad, you're her dad. Yeah. I think the, the bonus to me is that I got two firstborns. Yeah. Like I got the first father experience with Hannah, and then the first one that I was, you know, present was the appropriation, right? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. with, with with Imani, and they came first. So yeah, that that set the tone with 
how I saw fatherhood in general. And I said it before, and I think when I finally had a son, when we had a son, you had a son because I was just kind of there. Well, we had a son. Yeah, at the time that he was pushing, I was just kind of there. Child, that was yeah. special. He made it too easy. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> she was like, let's go to the hospital. It's time. Get to the hospital. Two hours. Wang, wang, baby born. Right? That's kind of how it went for me. You let me tell it. Yeah. But it shaped the way that I saw parenthood. And when I, when I had a son, I kind of went to the other extreme. And that kind of changed the dynamic with our oldest son, uh, Donovan, which is how this podcast would... Yeah, this is the... There's yeah. no podcast. Yeah, it is. Sure mm-hmm. right yeah you're right. How this podcast was birthed and checking myself on my approach to that because I think I went, I went extreme at one point in terms of discipline that I had a realization that, you know, it could be different, right? Physical discipline, I don't know if that's the answer. And that's not the point of this podcast to condemn or champion it. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was it was like the, the cycle had to change at some point, right? If we keep if 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 it was done because it was done before, at some point that's not gonna work. Right. Right. Um but for me with 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 honor the day the scariest part is the is like the adult. Yeah. A, being a parent to an adult. And that's where I had I'm to I'm gonna say adult in. I mean, well, by, by the world standard, by age <laughs> right. standards, right. Uh, because there are things that they can go out and do that you can't stop. I mean, there's a there's a level of respect where they'll consider the guidance, and I had to think about you know where I was at that age. Yeah, and it wasn't great because I was already kind of rejecting advice from my father, not really wanting to consider his perspective or even be around him. And the the scariest part for me is that well, my sons, I know, I know, I know very well what it's like to be a boy. Yeah. What it's like to be a man, what it's yeah. like to be an adolescent, a teen boy and all that. I have no idea what it's like, <laughs> what it's like to be a girl. And when it's when you and her have conflict and it, and you look to me for resolution, I get nervous oh. at this stage because I'm like, if it's not about parent-child and you listening because I'm the parent and you're the child, I think we're beyond that point. And now it's real life experiences and these are things that you can go out and do that I can't actually control. Yeah. You just have to either honor the guidance that I'm providing or you do your own thing. And, yeah. and again, I get it. I don't I don't know where to stop sometimes of just allowing it, right? Just let the lesson happen. I don't want that. But sometimes the lesson has to like life in life you're gonna learn the lesson, you're gonna take the lesson. Yeah, I didn't always learn the lesson. Sometimes I decided to take it, and it, and it hurt. But that 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 that's a different phase, different stage of fatherhood that I'm honestly not prepared for. And neither am I. <laughs> and I feel like, tell me if you agree or disagree. Her experience at 18 and my experience at 18, I don't even have the. I'm not equipped to help her because mm. I was already in the military. Like yeah. I had a different setup. I couldn't. I couldn't afford to live and try things. You know what I mean. Yeah. So I. I don't know where to come at her with this. My things go to the recruiter, child. If you can't get it together, yeah. <laughs> and that's not a. That's not right for everyone, you know. And for me, I, she's at the stage now where everything changed for me. Like first semester of school, like I mentioned early, early episodes of the podcast, I did nothing. You was playing around. I did nothing. I think I had a point <laughs> somewhere between a point one and a point two GPA. Mm-hmm. So her first semester wasn't fantastic, mm-hmm. but I had to look at where you were, where I was. I think that's why I looked to you because yeah. y'all have sim not. Well, y'all have similar experiences. But the challenge is I don't want her to go through it like I did because Agreed. I already got the job. Agreed. And now her thing is go get a job. And I'm like. That ain't it, sis. Eh. <laughs> like I, I would rather not necessarily protect you, but pro- like give you an opportunity. Right. That I didn't take advantage of. I could have stayed at home with my parents. Yeah. But I chose not to because my life didn't fit into their structure. Right. And I get that part too. So it's like I don't want you to leave. But I want you to I want you to have experiences that prepare you for life so that at the appropriate point you can actually fend for yourself. I don't think that's the case right now. Yeah. Like I moved out 
if the stories would if be parallel to the story, I would be moved. If I would be, she would be moved out in a few months. Mm-mm-mm. If it was along the same guidelines and the same like right. series of events that happened with me, um, but I, you know, I jumped into I jumped into a a job that could have been a career. It's been a career for some, and mm-hmm. that's great for those that stuck with it. But I knew I wanted different mm-hmm. out of life, and I don't want her to get. I don't want the money that she gets now and what it can do for her. To peg her in the spot. To not even just peg her in the spot, but to give her, to misinform her about what it takes to live. Yeah. Because if you make 500 bucks a week living with your parents, that's that's a pretty good life. But try to go out there and live on $500 a week. And I know because when I moved out, I think I was bringing home $256 or $257 a week, depending on which week it was. And you couldn't tell me nothing. You that two fifty six. I think I was grossing three eighteen. I bring home two fifty six, and I thought that was everything. But you know, it like I wasn't prepared. Went out there and made some um, financial decisions that took decades to overcome, and I don't want that for. But I don't want her to see it as me holding her back. So that's part of the challenge that I have with being a father to a woman. You still got a parent. My age there. So, right. Yeah. Do you feel like you're softer on them or softer on her than you could be? Um, I don't consistently. I think. Um, yeah. And it's. And it's tough because when I want to when I want to flip the switch and be tough, and my tone changes, I see how it impacts her. And it's not I don't use the tone to impact her that way. It's nice, 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 nice. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Okay, I'm holding you accountable now, and it looks and it feels different. I'm sure to her. Mm-hmm. So I'm always in my head about that. And the biggest the biggest thing for me is that she's. She's the first one out of the gate. She, they're looking at her. Yeah. So to the extent that you let stuff slide, now we that's times four. Right. What? Four more Time iterations of, mm-hmm. of that being the standing as well. You let so-and-so do it. You let so-and-so do it. And to a degree, we have that going on in the house even today. Is, right. But, but so-and-so does it. But, so, like every, but the level of responsibility is different. The level of privilege is different. You know, and I don't care. <laughs> and that part as well. Um, Listen, I don't care. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a tough stage. Uh, I don't know this this middle this this seven to seventeen. Actually, probably gonna be like more like seven to twenty. Yeah, eight to twenty is is kind of. I ain't gonna say I could do without it, but. <laughs> Like that's three, the chunk. That's like the three to six. You know, that's when their brains are doing the yeah. most developing. Three, three to, I thought it was well, three to six. That's kind of my sweet spot. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's so many personalities in this house, and it's challenge for me as a father is is being the father they need individually. Yeah. Enough, because mm-hmm. there's no balance. That's I mean, a, what I tell you about balance, bro. Yeah, I mean, there's a, even if you equally divided the time, it wouldn't be balanced because. The amount of time that it may take for one to get something, mm-hmm. one might need more time than the other. Mm-hmm. So the results aren't aren't necessarily the same. What's important to you about um, the father I am to the boys? Actually, let's back up. Okay. What kind of father am I? You are a very chill, laid back father. You're fun. You're the fun dad. The kids said you're the fun parent, at least the littles. Um, and I think that you're present and you're there when they need you. I don't think necessarily you're the first to approach. Like you, mm-hmm. you yeah. let the kids come to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're a great dad. I think you're a great dad. I think, uh, the age and the maturity played a big part in the first three because it was it was instant family, then it was literally a child every other year. Sure. 
and that impacted our marriage significantly. If we didn't get to grow and bond um, early on, mm-hmm. then we had this break. Then we had Eden and Eli back-to-back years. And for me, it was kind of like I catch myself parenting them different because it's like I want to, it's like the second chance. We're much older, things, much more things, mature. Yeah, yeah, it was mature. It was we were out. We're still outnumbered. We were outnumbered young with less information. And sometimes I feel some kind of way in hindsight about us leaving our family, like the bigger family. I think the last experience when we were overseas, I think did as well. Mm-hmm. I think early on probably needed the village a little bit, a little bit more, a little closer yeah. anyway, more accessible. So I struggle with um, like trying to make up for them or with them. Mm-hmm. But that struggle is with the older three. They can see the difference. They can see the difference and their priorities are different. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's like at that age and it's me projecting myself on them when I was that age. Right. I wanted space and I didn't want to have yeah. all these conversations. But. Our kids like Sometimes to talk. I think they do. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a difference. In, again, like how you will, how your household work. A lot yeah. of conversation, a lot of energy, a lot of volume. Yes. Uh, Come on, volume. You know, but ours was ours was less words, and it wasn't the lack of love. It was just right. very different. Just different. And I struggle with how to um, what I'm doing out of tradition versus what I'm doing out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Like what actually addresses the parental need mm-hmm. for our children. I feel like definitely Eden and Eli are get on the floor type of kids. And now you are a more get on the floor type of dad. Not necessarily in the first three. Yeah. Uh, you were definitely not that type of parent. Do you feel like um, the older three needed that? Like the big three needed a get on the floor type of dad? Or do you feel like they Probably. didn't? Probably. I was just, I, I was so focused on mechanics. Like yeah. paying bills or making sure I was succeeding at work mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't focused on the right thing. I was, I was calling success something different mm-hmm. and now success looks very different. Yeah. Right. And especially I'm more reflective now. I'm at the age where things, significant events started happening in my dad's life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, significant surgery. He had cancer, right? Yeah. His dad died of cancer in this decade of age. Right. So that th- those kind of things started to creep in. He got, uh, he was terminated from his job because they just downsized. Right. I'm kind of in that scenario now where you are acquired. There's probably going to be some activity. And though I am, I'm okay either way. It's still a major life still event. Yeah. yeah, it's still intimidating. Uh, they better do my job better. Treat my, I mean, it's it. not even that because even even if even my if baby that right happened now. in the best scenario, it's what does the rest of life look like? Yeah. And I guess I'm mid-age. I mean, based on the average life expectancy, I'm... I'm, I'm Don't say gas, babe. We middle age, honey. We we 40. So what what does the legacy look like? What is the thing? How do I... I'm always in my head about making up where I didn't take advantage of Mm -hmm. investment or opportunities, just being more more, uh, financially smart, savvy. Mm -hmm. And there's this pressure to... Like I got to make up for the last ten years. I got I got to recover, and we and we're not in a, a terrible situation. I just wanted so much more. Right. And sometimes I think, like, will they listen to me as a father tell them something that I didn't do? That was my struggle mm-hmm. with my dad. They'll like, listen to you like, because your dad. Bro, I didn't see you start a business. They've seen us start a business, but that business hasn't afforded us the life that I want yet. Right. I can't walk away from corporate America just yet. So I'm trying to be more open about the journey Mm -hmm. at this point, um, which I think I am. And it's, I just want them to know that that do whatever you want to do because you can. Not because somebody allows you to, but you, if you, if you want to start a business, you can. You want to be an artist, you can. If you want to own a block of real estate or a city, you can. That's what I'm hoping they get. Um, 
I don't know. I want you to know and understand fully that whatever you say, they're going to listen because you said because it's you who's saying it. Because you're not a man of many words most of the time. You're a man of more words now. But if you speak, they will hear you. They will listen. If I speak, they're going to ignore me. But definitely, if you speak, regardless of what it is, they're going to listen to you. So I would challenge you, sir, to speak more to them kids. (laughs) You know, and I mean, I know that you do. We have family meetings and stuff like that. But... Just random conversations with them. It will surprise the heck out of them. And I want to watch. I'm sure. (laughs) Well, what's not going to happen is you taking over my show. Oh, am Uh, I taking... I did want to ask you one question, Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Let's hear it. What from my dad have you taken? Like, what is it? What is something that you have seen in dad or in our relationship that you have taken? Um, Your dad is big on saying I love you. Like as a man, I didn't. My dad and I say it now, and I don't know what the situation with the how it was with like him and Thomas growing up. Mm-hmm. Thomas is her brother. Yeah, we didn't say it earlier, but it was not said a lot in my uh, was your immediate family, mm-hmm. like the, the 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 nucleus that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So for him to say it to me as if I were his son, him you saying are. that, like he says that your mom says it, it's kind of different. When, I was just saying it, it hits different when mm-hmm. he says it. Yeah. Because men, like, that's a man accepting another man, right? And it's, I don't know, it's a man thing. I, that's my scene. <laughs> it's a man thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, I mean, I, being, being vocal about how you feel about the man in your family, mm-hmm. um, I get that. I get that from him. I love that. I, get that I never, I want my sons to, to not, think it's okay or to think it's strange to say I love you to another man, especially a man in your family. Right. So, um, yeah, no more questions from you to me. Excuse. Um, Y'all see the disrespect. Nah, this has been, <laughs> I think this has been good. We're, um, I learned some things about you. Um, Example? Just, I, I thought you were still I thought it was still a deal to you about where you came from, about your, your the relationship with your father specifically. Mm-hmm. And even as you were saying it, I was on the fence about how I, like, is that just a cop? Is that just a mask? But it sounds like you're, you're, um, you're really at peace. If you get more information, it'd be helpful. If not, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let the people know well, we never talked about what you do now. We never talked about your career at all, really. <laughs> you were you were in the Air Force for, for eight, eight years. years. Appreciate mm-hmm. your service. Thank you. You remained a pharmacy tech. Um, After that, child. What's that called? Your, MO, your MOS? That was my MOS in the military. Come on, sir. <laughs> never served, always been around. Um, what yep. brings you joy in life outside of being a mother or... or or a wife, anything like that. Creating. Creating. And how do you how do you how your creations manifested today? Talk okay. to the people about it. <laughs> well, you know. Oh, okay. He was ready. He was ready. So I am a jewelry designer. I'm gonna say jewelry and accessories designer mm-hmm. because I'm working on a new line right Accessorize. now. Accessorize. Mm-hmm. Um, I also create fashion mm-hmm. and clothing. I also am Tepping, tepping. Y'all, why I can't talk? Number three. Dabbing my toe into the event styling space and definitely excited about pursuing all of those opportunities. And I have some other little things in my mind. Like, I have an entrepreneur mind. I have ideas coming constantly all the time. I feel like I have to get it all out in a lot of busy energy. How's that for you? We're not, I told you we're not doing that. We're not going to? No, yeah. it's not. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and also, Healthy Marriage is Dope, we have together, Yep. Um, and the podcast, and How I just find be doing all the things. So you can go to uh, www.lovekeishaj.com, and that 
is my website. You can shop from there. Uh, you can check out all of the things that I'm creating, what I've been up to. You can also find me at love underscore Keisha J on Instagram. And on the YouTubes, I have not posted in a bit, but that will be changing soon. Um, and also TBL47, that is our family um, on IG as well. That's where you can find me. All the things. All the things. Well, I appreciate you uh, making time. Thank your, you for inviting me. Your busy me. life to join the Grace the Platform. I'm sure you'll be back at some point. Um, I would love to. Because you have an obligation to this. The obligation? Anyhow, people, there are things on the website. You can buy them. You can donate, support uh, Dear Son Podcast. Oh, the Dear Son Network. That's how we're going to start. Oh, support my husband, y'all. This is exciting. That's what I want to be front of mind when you think of any of my content is that this is a piece of content on a bigger network. I will not be the majority of the network. Think of it as owned for men, right? A collection of content and experiences that will change the way that men see themselves and each other. And I'm doing that not only because it's necessary, but because I can. I'm not going to say that just clicked in my head because I thought you were accidentally not putting DSP this whole time, but you were putting DSN on purpose because yeah. I'm slow sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that literally just clicked as okay. you were saying. Well, the dear son never. <laughs> And that's where we're going. So uh, I I have big, big belief in this purpose. And it's going to happen because God said so. And did. And because I can. And can. That's going to end it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.